Hello and welcome back to the Hampson and Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ollie Hampson, and took a little bit of a break last week from the podcast. There wasn't an episode. Not going to come up with any extravagant reason why. I had my medication dosage doubled, if you saw on social media. So last week was a little bit of a write-off for me. Did start recording a podcast, thought it was awful, didn't finish it. So sorry about that, but we are back. Uh, Last week, I was going to talk about the upcoming games for the weekend that's just gone and also look back at the Devils CHL but instead of trying to catch up on any of that what we'll do is we'll just go straight into last week's actions two games two domestic games as well Challenge Cup action started against the Guildford Flames and the league campaign started against the Glasgow clan both games both Devils came away with the win stuff to work on stuff that went well power play in particular uh, closing the games out maybe uh, playing a full 60 there's something that they're going to have to look at but I think other than that the Devils picked up where they left off in the CHL they're primed and ready to go and it's like Andrew Lord said in his post game interview with me on Sunday night that the Devils and the Giants as well they're a couple of weeks ahead of everyone else from their preparation in the uh, CHL in preseason so the other teams are sort of trying to catch up they're going to try and find their own rhythm and try and get things going now so you'll see a few teams have had a bit of a slow start I wouldn't be too worried if you're a fan of those teams but we'll start off with the Guildford Flames on Saturday night and the team just looked good from the off came out firing straight away you know a, a very impressed start storming out to a 3 nothing lead I thought that, like I said earlier, the power play was working particularly well all weekend, especially on Saturday night. And one of the first things as well was Charles Langley straight away showing that, you know, he may have set a Devils franchise record for in the Elite League era with the most assists in league action last year, but he's got a very, very underrated shot, a bullet of a shot on that left wing just to go straight over the glove of Travis Fullerton to open the score and just a really, really good goal in general and a nice assist as well to Mike McNamee who especially on a Sunday night I thought had a fantastic weekend but Lingley I just think that he's uh you know he's 37 years old he probably should be slowing down if anything I know it's early in the season but if anything I think he's sped up I think he's really come out firing he's looking primed and ready for a big season and he started off well on Saturday night the other person as well who looks to be possibly the most influential member of the Devils' power play this year is number 11, Stephen Dixon. Uh, he gets the first goal off a tip out in front. It was a shot coming in from the point from Sean McMonagall. Tips it, goes past Fullerton, 2 nothing game. Then a few minutes later, he gets another goal. This time, again, Langley's involved in the play. Great little bit of work from him. Goes around the back of the net, and the entire time, he's got his eyes are locked. On the point, he's looking directly at the defenseman. Just plays a lovely no-look pass out in front to Stephen Dixon. 1-0 against uh, Travis Fullerton. Makes no mistake, buries it for a 3-0 lead. I just thought overall, Stephen Dixon, I'll make no lies, I thought he's one of the best signings last season. No, he wasn't a points leader. He He was getting decent amounts of points. But I thought the way he plays and the way he's played this last weekend is what endears him to fans he plays that hard-nosed physical style of game Uh, he plays with a lot of intensity great 
great bit of work as well. He's a stocky character as well. So he's able to fight for every inch of space, especially on the power play. So that's where he's possibly the most effective. He's really setting up shot, uh, shop uh, out in front. He's got his little office going in the slot area on the power play. And he does that as well on 5-1-5. He's always willing to drive to the net. He's always willing to battle along the boards, go to the corners, and retrieve the puck and also he's good in the face-off dot as well so overall Stephen Dixon is just a fantastic player and that's not even touching on any of his defensive abilities I think he's a really good penalty killer as well one other player gets on the score sheet well well there's more goals but one other player who did get on the score sheet is Massey Mariamaki opening his devil's account in the challenge cup with what I would describe as a typical Massey Mariamaki goal I think uh me and Gaz touched on this on commentary on Saturday night. His goal, picking the puck up behind the net, driving, just just coming around the front of the net and just tucking it, stuffing it past Fullerton, just going to that net front area with intent. If if you had to describe to me a typical Massimo Mariamaki goal, I would probably explain what he did on Saturday night. That's exactly how he's going to make his bread and butter. That's exactly how he's going to have success in this league. It's not just what he can do on his forechecking, finishing hits as well, playing a bit of an agitator role. Maybe not so much with his talk, but his physicality. But when he's when it comes to putting up points, that's how he's going to get his goal. And I think that with Mario Maki, he's just... He's not... He's not the signing this year that is going to be the leading goal scorer on the team. Uh, I said when he signed, he'd look to be a bit more of a third-line energy role, but he's playing above that at the moment. He's playing more of a contributing role, but I think that energy that he's shown in his career is something that is really coming back uh, into his game with the Devils right now, and Saturday night gets rewarded with a goal. Guilford, no, they had a bit of a slow start, but no, they did really well to fight back to get a 5-3 final score. Again, Kale Akred showing just how dangerous he is. You know, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but honestly, that man has a very, very underratedly hard shot. You know, great on a slap shot, great just with a wrist shot. He gets a lot of power behind each and every shot, and he shoots with intent to try and burn a hole through the back of the net. And he gets rewarded as well with a goal on the power play. So, you know, Akred, he came in a couple of seasons ago, bit of a under-the-radar signing. Turns out to be one of the greatest offensive defensemen in the league right now. So fair play to Guilford for, one, discovering him, and two, managing to keep him around as long as they could. Uh, the other thing for Guilford, for me, which was a little bit confusing over the summer, um, was their choice of netminders. So they usually go with two imports and then a Brit. They've gone with one import and one Brit so far this season. Whether or not there's another import coming in, I'm not sure. I was a bit confused when they brought back Travis Fullerton over Chris Carosi. Um, but having said that, despite allowing five on Saturday, I thought Fullerton had a great account of himself. So I don't think there's any need to worry there. It'd be interesting to know exactly why Fullerton was picked over Carosi. Uh, as far as I'm aware, I don't think Carosi has signed anyway yet. But, you know, Fullerton, he's a, he is a solid goaltender. You know, he had a decent amount of game time last season. He was sort of the backup number one in a sense um Dixon showed a lot of faith in him in a in cup games for example a lot of faith in him just overall and I thought that you know fair play to him he did very well and I thought I think that he's going to be a good um part of the flame setup who I think are going to have another very good uh season 
And then we'll just look ahead then to Sunday night, uh, and that was against the Glasgow clan who have had a very rough start to the season, and it looked like it was going to carry on in this game. A bit unsettled to start the game. I thought um, the, the one thing for me was in the first period in particular, Patrick Colleen. Did, he didn't look comfortable in that. He was overcommitting on a lot of his shots. And from the highlights I saw against Belfast the night before where they lost 6-1, it looked as though he was doing the same. He was biting on shots when he shouldn't do and he was committing to them. Suddenly the puck was past him because they'd made a, a, a nice little adjustment and pass it because they'd seen that he's committed and he's gone aggressive. Throughout the game, he got a lot better at that. And then I think the second and third period, he was absolutely phenomenal. I thought Patrick Lee was back to what we saw from him with Milton Keynes last year. So it's good to see that he's doing that. Uh, it's going to take a little bit of time to get adjusted to a new season, a new team, a new environment as well. Um, so I'm expecting you know he's going to find his game. He'll be playing full 60 minutes and he'll be a fantastic goalie. I think that he's got possibly the biggest potential to be a threat to the likes of Ben Bounds and Shane Owen for Netmart of the Year. I think Patrick Lean, what he did last year in Milton Keynes, if he can just replicate even half of that in Glasgow, he's going to have a great season. But looking at this game then against the clan, uh, obviously the clan go out, go ahead, one nothing, a bit against a run of play on the port with a bit of a fluky goal, uh, tries to spin it between the legs of Mark Lewis, then it goes back to a stick, tries playing across to, I believe it was Scott Pitt maybe, or Chad Rao, I'm not 100% sure, uh, but it just comes off the pow- uh, pads of Ben Bounds and into the back of the net. But then a few minutes later, Devils tie it up anyway with Mike McNamee's first goal of the league campaign, and what a snipe it was. It starts off in the Devils' defensive zone, Matthew Waugh, short-handed, tries to put in a puck on net, shoots violently wide, and it just ricochets around the board, sends the Devils on a two-on-one. Lovely bit of interplay between Mike McNamee and Charles Langley. And McNamee then gets the return. Snipes a brilliant one-timer past Patrick Lean to tie things up. McNamee and Langley look to have great chemistry early on. Uh, I think they're both uh, tall guys with a lot of skill, great foot, great feet, great footwork as well. So I think those two are really going to bounce off each other. And I think Andrew Lord has found a great little partnership there. Uh, I think at the moment they've mostly had Massey Marimaki on their left wing, who, again, I think fits on that line. Uh, so that'll be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see the Devils' lines in a couple of weeks when Joey Martin's back, or whenever that is. It might be this weekend. It might be a couple of weeks. I don't actually know. But I think for right now, that is a decent uh, decent trio to have. Uh, again, Stephen Dixon had a great game. Um, another player as well who I, he didn't put a foot wrong all weekend. In fact, he's barely put a foot wrong in his entire career uh, is Mark Richardson and I thought that you know he's coming in he's I think he's temporarily the captain whilst Martin's out and he's doing exactly what he's done for so many years he's just leading by example he's playing hard he's blocking so many shots great bit of work he's probably one of the best players in the league uh tape to tape passes out of the zone you know, whenever he has the puck in his own zone, he's always got his head up. He can either take the puck out of the zone himself because he has that skill, he has that speed to his game, or his vision and his ability to find another player's tape is just something that has made him so successful for Team GB and in the Elite League as well. Um, so for him, Mark Richardson, I think that he's just a fantastic player. I'm so glad that he's back as well. I don't envision him going anywhere anytime soon. The only 
only place I see that number 17 going is into the rafters in a couple of years time I will genuinely be a bit annoyed if that number's not retired one day but Richardson great game but that was basically this weekend's action Devils with uh two well but back-to-back five three victories um you know offense is definitely going I think defense is is solid as well just a couple of times there's a bit of a few lapses, a couple of issues with penalties on both sides on Sunday night. So that's something that they just need to settle down a little bit because um, the penalties started to look a little bit dangerous, especially against the clan. 5-1 up, then there's two goals as well, 5 on to make it 5-3. So I think the Devils just need to, you know, settle down. Like, it w- they never looked in danger of losing those games. So it doesn't matter too much there was two late ones against Glasgow, but you would prefer to see your team taking that 5-1 over that 5-3. Like I said, they weren't in danger of losing, so it's it's not really the end of the world. But, you know, just want to close out the games a bit better, and that's something that Andrew Law is going to drill into his team over this, um, this short week of training. So there's three games in four days for the Devils this week. Starting tomorrow night, I'm recording this Wednesday night, so tomorrow night is a rematch against Guildford, but it's in Guildford this time. So that one should be another close one. Um, I thought, like I said, I thought Fullerton was impressive at times in the first game. So if he can, can if he can play as consistent as he did outside the, the first 10 minutes of the first game, and the rest of the team can do that as well right from the first pack drop, they'll definitely have success. They'll make this a very interesting game. Whether or not they'll come away with two points, I don't know. I think the Devils have got the edge on them. They've got, well, I think, the Devils definitely have the edge on them in terms of skill and depth. It's just whether or not they can make that home ice advantage count. You know, they're going to know how to read the boards. Guys like Ben Davis are going to have a lot of success in their own building, especially with his energy. And again, I didn't touch on him in a, in a recap of the Guildford game, but Ben Davis, you know, he plays the game his way. And I've always, always respected that about him. He's not a big guy but he plays as though he is. And that's something I like. He's not the type of guy who's going to go out and give you a little dig, you know, try and, try and say something behind someone and hide behind his big guys. He'll, he'll say something straight to your face. He'll look you in the eye whilst he's trying to agitate you. And the other thing as well is, anytime the goalie covers the puck, he basically goes to the front of the net. He's looking for that rebound. It got success for him on one of the... Um, Flames goals on Saturday night where he took the shot himself, picked up the rebound, and set up Ian Waters for the second goal for Guildford. Um, but if he's in front of net, he, he's not moving until you, you make him. So that's one thing I think Ben Davis is really going to be, what well, he already is, is a success in Guildford in my eyes. It's glad to see him finding a home as well. He had a couple of years of just a bit of uncertainty, uh, Coventry, Glasgow, and like a short stint in the ECHL as well. So for him to come back, find a... a and settle down in Guildford, really happy for him. Um, but yeah, I think that Guildford can make it very interesting in their own building. It's Challenge Cup group stage game, so for me, people are going to have their opinions of the Challenge Cup. They're going to think some people are going to love it, some people aren't going to like it at all. For me, group stage, I I don't really get too excited about it. I mean, I think. It's, it's good to have domestic hockey back, you know. For me, it's one of those things that I've always had this bit of, I'm not 100% fussed on it, but at the same time, I, would, I don't know what would replace it. So I 
I just accept that it's inevitable. Um, there's people who are in far more of a better position to understand what could replace it or why this works. And I think it does work, but for me, I get more into it when it gets to the knockout stages, which I think some people, I think it's probably most people would actually look at it that way, the ones who have a bit of a love-hate relationship with the Challenge Cup. But yeah, so Challenge Cup again tomorrow against Guildford, and then we are back to the league on Saturday night as Glasgow are back. Um, they 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 had moments where they looked very good. I think if Colleen can come out, like I said, and just play well from the first from the first puck drop, if he doesn't overcommit, if he just settles down in his net, trusts his defenseman, he'll be a, a lot different, and the, the score line will potentially be different as well. So I I I can't see this being as high scoring. I don't think there's going to be eight goals in this one. Um, I think Zach Fitzgerald, uh, he's going to want a bit more from his guys, a bit bit more uh, discipline as well. Their penalties did um, did halt them a little bit. One guy in particular, the I'm not sure if Zach Fitzgerald agrees with me, but for me, from what I saw Saturday night, I haven't seen any other Glasgow games, but from what I saw Saturday night, I want a little bit more from Chad Ra. Uh, he... He played well, but I don't think he really had much of an influence on the game. Um, whether or not that's just him getting settled down, I don't know. Because looking at a guy with his resume, you would expect him to come out firing. So hopefully Saturday night, he well, hopefully for Glasgow fans on Saturday night, he comes out a little bit more intensity to his game and you know has a bit more of an impact on the game. Uh, Scott Pitt and Matt Becker straight away, they had insane chemistry last year. The amount of goals and assists those guys those helped each other with... Um, they were just one of the best pairings, one of greatest bits of chemistry in the league last year. That's not gone anywhere. They're doing amazing again this year. And one player in particular that, that stood out for me was uh, Nolan Laporte. I think he was a bit of an under-radar, under-the-radar signing when they announced him back in July. Uh, but straight away after just looking into him a little bit, watching some footage on him, I was very impressed with him. He's a, a tough kid. But he's also a point scorer. You know, he had over 100 penalty minutes in the ECHL last year. But also, I think he had about 40-odd points as well. So, you know, he, he's he's a dual threat. Uh, he played with a lot of energy last week on Sunday. You know, he's trying to finish hits, trying to put defensemen under pressure all the time. Obviously, he gets a bit of a fluky goal. But I think the way he was playing, a goal was inevitable anyway. Um, I think for Nolan Deport, he's just a, a really, really solid under the radar sign, he's not the flashy guy. He's not the the name in bright lights like the guys like Sheffield and Belfast are signing or a guy like Chad Ra. But he is one of those signings who comes in, you recognize him straight away, and you go, "Why wasn't I more excited about this guy?" The other thing for Glasgow is actually the coach, Zach Fitzgerald. Say what you will about him as a player. Some of you aren't gonna like him. Some of you will probably hate him as a player. He, I personally have no issue with the way he played the game. I thought that he was a uh, no, he's no nonsense. He made no excuses. He didn't lie about the way he played the game. He was a, a, a policeman on the blue line. He towed the line. Occasion went over the line, but he wasn't, in my eyes at least, he wasn't a, a player who was dirty. There would be times that there would be a dirty hit, but you could tell that it wasn't intentional. But off the ice as well, you have to respect Zach Fitzgerald. And for me, I don't think there's many people around the league that I want to see succeed more than Zach Fitzgerald. Just overall a very good guy. The reason why I bring this up is there's two things I actually want to mention about Zach Fitzgerald. Uh, the first thing is something that he did on Sunday, which it's not going to seem like a big deal. 
but it shows his character to someone like me. So on Sunday night, I did the post-game interviews with uh, both coaches. So I interviewed Zach Fitzgerald and I interviewed Andrew Lord. Now, I've interviewed away coaches. I've interviewed Andrew Lord a few times for, for the post-game stuff. And it's not, after every game, you're not guaranteed that they're going to shake your hand. I usually get handshakes from Andrew Lord. Uh, occasionally, I'll get them from other coaches. But most of the time from other coaches, I've put my hand out to shake their hand or I put my hand out to get the microphone off them and they thought I'm shaking a hand. On sa- on Sunday, Zach Fitzgerald shakes my hand and he shakes my cameraman's hand and Rachel's hand, who was also there because she was, whilst we were setting up the camera, she was going to get the coaches. He shook all three of our hands. Cameramen don't necessarily get the, sh- the hand shaken. So for him to, you know, recognise that Jack was the cameraman at the time, you know, he's there, shake his hand, shake Rachel's hand, shake my hand. It sounds so minimal. It sounds so unimportant, but it actually isn't. I think if you're, if you're doing this role that I do sometimes, you recognise that it is actually quite monumental. The other thing as well, and this was the one that you will um, understand, is obviously it's coming up to about a year ago now that uh, sadly Scarlett passed away. And I know that Zach was um, planning on meeting her and her parents uh, when they came down. Uh, sadly, the game after she passed away was actually against Glasgow. And so obviously he comes down. And after the game, it was actually my my old man who had the Scarlet's Army flag, the one that you've seen all over Twitter. It's been so far, it's been in Europe's been North America, I think. You know, like fair play to everyone who's taken it with them. So I'm in the bar after the game with my old man who's got the flag, and Pete Russell and someone else from Glasgow, one of the coaching staff, I think, come into the bar to speak to someone. So my dad said, Oh, is Fitzy about? We'll take the flag down to him because that would be something. Because he wanted to meet Scarlett, but this would be something. So my dad goes out. Um, they they tell him he's on the bus or like near the bus. So my dad goes out, goes to try and find him on the bus, and I th- I can't remember who it was. Um, if someone outside the bus, Fitzy was on the bus. Someone was outside the bus. So my dad said, my dad asked if Fitzy can come, if they can get Fitzy for him. Fitzy comes out, has a good chat with my dad and whoever he was with. I can't remember. They explain what they're doing. They explain they have the flag. Fitzy then turns around, goes on the bus, and gets everybody off the bus to get a picture with it. To me, you can tell the guys listen to him. You can tell the guys respect him, and I respect him for doing something like that. Because I believe Glasgow had just lost as well, so they've got a long bus trip home. They probably just want to get on the bus and go. But for them to listen to Fitzy, come off the bus, get a picture with something that really doesn't impact them at all, it shows exactly the respect that Zach Fitzgerald has so fair play to him for doing that I just wanted to mention that as well just because I think you're going to look at especially a couple of weeks ago that um, post-game interview with Dundee you're going to look at that and you're going to judge your opinions on him it's always good to put a positive story out there so I just wanted to share those two examples the first one you probably won't care about I personally cared about it the second one I think a lot of people care about anyway that's enough about um, positive stories well not enough about positive stories, that's enough about Zach Fitzgerald. We'll go on to Sunday night, and it is the first meeting of the season between the Cardiff Devils and the Coventry Blaze as the Challenge Cup rolls on. Uh, Again, like I said, Challenge Cup, not 
my cup of tea in terms of group stage, but I see why it's worth worth doing. But for me, this is going to be an interesting game because the, the Blaze, in competitive action, they haven't had a great start. They got one win in four. They're on a three-game losing streak. They opened their, their season with a good 6-4 victory over Sheffield. Um, but since then, they've they've allowed, well, they've allowed four or more goals in every single game. So I haven't seen anything more than just the highlights. So it's hard to really comment, but for me, it looks so bit of a rough start in net for Jamie Phillips. But last season, he had decent numbers in the ECHL. Hopefully, you know, as the team start finding their rhythm, as he gets used to his defenseman in front of him, hopefully for him, that starts working out a bit more. Um, Because if any team needs goaltending stability, it is definitely the Coventry Blaze. They've had issues over the last couple of years. Last season was a very odd one in terms of their goaltending. Um, so hopefully, you know, Jamie Phillips can come in. He's only 26 years old. He's still young. He's still got time to develop. He's still got time to settle things down. So hopefully he can start doing uh, something there. Um, but, you know, he, he, he's a good goalie. He is a good goalie. He's just had a bit of a rough start from what I, what I can gather anyway. Um, obviously, you know, guys who watch or come to play, he's game in, game out, will be able to assess his play a lot better than me. I'm just going off a small sample size that I've seen, which are mostly highlights, to be honest. Um, yeah, so it's going to be an interesting one. I think the Devils and Blaze games, they don't have the same bite as they used to, but they are still interesting games. I still personally get pumped up for them. Um, I just think that the Blaze, they just need to start settling things down, start finding their rhythm. Like I said earlier, the Devils and the Giants, they're going to have that those few weeks on other teams. And this is where teams now start to find their rhythm. They start getting better. They start figuring out their systems, working out their line combinations, working out who plays where and with who and what works. So as soon as that starts happening, you'll see the league start catching up and you'll see it start getting more competitive. So if Coventry can start that this weekend, they'll have a good week. They'll have a good game against the Devils. Other than that, I think the Devils, their firepower is just a little bit more. Um, well, it definitely is a bit more. They've got proven goal scorers. And also, there's also going to be that memory of what Coventry did to the Devils last season. Um, something about maybe stopping the Devils winning the league. I don't really remember. We won't talk about it anymore. Uh, but, you know, I think the the Blades, they've got they've got some good offensive players on their own. Uh, Yanni Lackanen, um, I snuffed at it when he was announced. I thought it was a bit of a okay signing. Turns out, he's, you know, he's, he may be old, but he's effective. And then Evan Bloodoff, he's just leaving. He's just starting where he left off. Uh, you know, he's had, I think he had back-to-back 27 goal seasons in Fife. Already got two on the league campaign so far. Um, you know, Evan Bloodoff, he, he's, he's a very exciting player. It's a great bit of business for the Blaze to sign him straight away from um, the Fife Flyers. So hopefully he's, you know, up for another good season. I, I don't see any reason why he isn't. Uh, the one thing for me is that it's going to be, you know, interesting to see Drew Schistel. Uh, captain of the Blaze this season. Congrats to him. Great uh, defenseman. Great when he came in late for the Devils. I thought he added a lot of stability on the back end. Really liked his his game. I thought there was times that his offense was a bit questionable. He Early in his days of the Devil, he was pinching a lot. He was giving up odd man rushes just by trying to get the puck, making a risky move. But he really started to settle down as he understood the pace of the league. And this is a guy who'd been out of, he hadn't played for a couple of months before he came back for the Devils. So he got himself settled down, coming in for a new full season now in a system where he's going to be one of the top dogs. It's just set up for him to thrive. But yeah, that's basically a little bit about this weekend's games um, and a little bit about last weekend's games. Um, 
sorry it's a little bit late sorry i missed the um podcast last week as i said um medication dosage got doubled so last week was basically a write-off i was running off very little sleep and a lot of red bull even tried one of the new energy drinks which i'm not gonna name because i don't know if i don't know if i can but basically it was a popular brand who've just released a new energy drink and don't get it because it sucks it is awful but yeah so interesting week ahead for the devils three games in four days a lot of uh a lot of game time for for these guys should be a good week though um just a, as a finishing point, I've published two articles today with chasingapuck.com. Uh, it's good to be back writing with them. I've had a, a little bit of a break-ish from them just with CHL and then just the season starting, just trying to focus on all of that. But, you know, it's good to be back writing with them. So I po- posted one about Mike McNamee this morning and another one about Matthias Sointu um, this afternoon. Um, Sointu, who I'm arguing should... Um, depending on the budget, should uh, get a permanent deal. And also I have another one out tomorrow about Stephen Dixon, so uh, keep an eye out for that. That's going live in the morning. Other than that, that is going to wrap things up for, I believe, episode five of the Hampson on Hockey podcast. Bit of a rushed effort tonight. Also, the first one I've ever done in just one take. Every other one I have um, I paused, I've started again, I've edited slightly. But this one, done in one take, done late on a um, Wednesday night because my bus was very late to get home as well so a bit of a rushed one but thank you again for tuning in hope you've enjoyed this episode let me know your thoughts on the Devils upcoming games against uh, Guildford, Glasgow and Coventry get in touch on social media my Twitter username is at Oliver J Hampson check out my Chasing the Puck articles check out the rest of the articles on Chasing the Puck as well and I will speak to you next week probably around the same time, Tuesday, Wednesday time. Thank you very much.